Is that what I'm saying? Rough Trade Radio. 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 How's that? Well, we're really, really happy to have here today the legend who is Lee Fields, a classic soul singer from the from North Carolina, I think. Right. And Originally. Uh, I'm, li- I'm living in Jersey now. Oh, yeah. Jersey, New York, is that? Yeah. Okay. And uh, Lee has pulled out five records, and it's, this is a bit like, a bit like Desert Island Discs, and he's going to go through each of them and uh, choose a track and talk about them and about his amazing career. Okay, Lee, what's the first one? Well, um... Joe Simon, I worked with this guy years ago. <laughs> what I mean to work with him, I opened up for him years ago uh, in, in, when I was uh, in the Carolinas. And then I met him uh, in New York. He had a, a record called Spring Records label. Millie Jackson was on. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the reason why I picked him because I picked everybody. That I that I've had the opportunity of um, of working or with opening up for and um, so those are the 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 five. Yeah, and so I suppose one of the advantages of being advanced in years is that you can say, oh well, yeah, I work with James Brown, I work with you know Joe Simon, I work with Dorothy. That is an amazing sort of heritage to heritage to have, and it's a Oh, great to hear you talk about it. Yeah. And um, Joe Simon, um, I picked this album. I got to find a song up here. I'd like to go with track number number one. It's uh, Lay Down Beside You. Close your eyes 
to share the night that's coming on with you. Let me say it again. See, I would like to share the night that's coming on with you. Listen to me now. Look like morning is here. And I've been dreaming that's all right. Every night your picture comes and you and I feel so good. And the wine, oh, it was so sweet. Just as I expected. Oh yeah. And a child, a child, a child has found living, and I'm glad about it. I'm proud, oh yes I am, and I feel alright, oh yes, I love. I mean, the only one I know on here is um, Help Me Make It Through the Night, which Chris Christopherson wrote, which I love that track. Yeah. I love his version of it as well. Okay, right, next up, what have we got then? Um, Doris Duke? Yeah. Um, Amazing singer. I um, open up for her too. <laughs> uh, this was um, uh, Swamp Dog, Jerry Williams. Yeah. He's a producer, and he produced my record. Yeah. Um, I did a record call. Everybody gonna get that thing away. When did you first start recording? Then, I first my first record was no. I, everybody gonna get that thing away was in this. Uh, I think it was in 1970. Yeah. And I first the first record I ever recorded was in '68, but it was released in '60. No, '67. It was released in '68. Yeah. That was um bewildered. Uh, I covered the James Brown. Well, actually, James Brown didn't write that song. He wrote it. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. I could pull it up for you. Yeah, but you play. You played with James Brown, then, did you? No, I I, I did a gig for the um, for his Enterprise. Yeah. Uh, down in uh, Augusta, I worked. But they brought me, and I had a hot record on it. Let's talk it over. Was hot in Augusta, so the DJ. Uh, uh, James had a DJ to manage his his uh, he had a club Man's World or something. Yeah, but I I didn't go there. I went to the Amvets Club, and the radio station, the guy from James Brown Radio Station, brought me and ZZ Hill at a place uh, called the Amvets Club in in Augusta. Yeah, this was a long time ago. It was about <laughs> 1973. Yeah, and um, I got a chance to to uh, meet um, Mr. Brown when he returned from Japan. He was got back. I stayed over another day to meet him. Yeah. 
And he was, uh, he was, uh, he was a nice man. Well, really, I don't really don't know. Yeah, what kind of guys? Well, I, I just heard him talk. I really don't know. I've, I've heard stories. Yeah, no. But 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 um, I met him when I met him. He just was talking about you know, he just got back from Japan. How yeah. successful the tour was, and, and he was talking about you know his success. Yeah, I mean, I loved him. I only ever saw him play once. I saw him at Wembley Arena, I think, which wasn't the greatest place to see him, but. What a show. I mean, it was just an amazing show. Yeah. And he was so good. This is this must be in the early 80s, I guess. And um, Yeah. Yeah, no, he was great. Oh, you saw him in the 80s? Yeah. It must have been when... did He He did that song Rap Payback, I think. It must have been yeah. had a bit of a comeback then, and I guess it must have yeah. been around about then. No, it's quite a long time ago now. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I loved him. I still love his music as well. And I think you... Did you worked on the film, didn't you? Did you do some oh, singing yeah. in the film? Yes, yeah, I did some singing in the uh, the James Brown movie. Yeah, um, I did about four or five songs in that. You know, um, I did it when he was coming from uh, when he was in jail. Yeah, and he was singing in jail, and I did him when he was um, going out to his car. Car when he was like, and uh, what's the word would be. Solilo- soliloquy. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. He was singing to himself. That was me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I worked on that thing about a month, man. You know, it was a nice gig. Yeah, and um, and it was nice. Yeah, yeah. So your first record came out in '68, and then what did you do then? When did who was that for? That was for Bedford Records. Bedford. Bedford. Yeah. It was Bedf- Bedford Records out of Brooklyn. Yeah. Okay. And um. And um, that sort of started the ball rolling. Yeah. Everything was going good until the 80s came along. <laughs> yeah. The 80s came along, music changed. Yeah. And when music changed, that's when, um, you know, I had to seek other ways to make ends meet. Yeah. So I became a small-time businessman, you know. I yeah. Got a got into real estate <laughs> and uh that was as a matter of fact it was more lucrative than me going on the road at the time <laughs> yeah. because at the time they had um all kinds of of uh arrangements how you can purchase yeah and uh and I think basically that's what led to the the big bubble bursted yeah uh in, in, in the late 90s yeah. So when you say that music changed in the eighties, in what I mean, in what ways do you think it changed? Was it specifically for soul music? I mean, did soul became, I suppose, a bit more electronic and a bit more yeah. Well, like music today is still changing. Yeah. Oh god. It's, yeah. Well, what it is is like, um, like everything else, um, people in factories years ago <coughs> was doing actually. Mostly all the work. Now you look in factories, knives, the ro- robotized. Yeah. And then they got computers now taking people's jobs as far as uh, receptionists. And, yeah. And um, basically, if you call your bank today, you're going to talk to a machine. Yeah. Yeah. So it's called globalization, yeah. I think, isn't it? It's yeah. the same everywhere. And I think that's what's leading to people like Donald Trump, you know, being popular because people, I think, you know, if you're, doing well in America or Britain, you're doing well. If you're not doing well, you are not doing well. And I think you feel at the bottom of the heap sometimes. See, people like Donald Trump, 
that um buys cheap and sell high. I mean, which is the name of the game. Yeah. But um, but uh, that's what taking people job, and then they the public that we the public is told that um, what's taking your job is other countries. Other countries not taking our jobs. No. What it is is they don't need people. No, exactly. Um, and, and that which is fine. You know, you don't need people to do menial jobs. That's fine. But you have to give people a life. You can't just leave, drop people off the bottom of the ladder. It seems to be brutal in America sometimes. Well, what I think what should take place is uh, companies shouldn't have tax uh, reduced tax as per se for staying in a country. Yeah. Because the only thing they're going to do is stay in the country and then use less and less people anyway. Yeah, exactly. P- people should get, companies should have taxes reduced all the way down to nothing depending on how many people they employ. Yeah. If they employ like an exuberant amount of people and opposed to buying machines, yeah. then because they are creating more people to pay taxes... Yeah. So if a company just they would they would give companies the incentive of of um hiring people. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Right, back to the music then. Doris Duke, great soul singer. Did you work with her as well then? Yeah. Were you played with her? Uh, open up for her. Oh, did you? When was that? It's back in the it's back in the late sixties, early seventies. So right at the beginning. Yeah. And do you know which track you're gonna choose from there then? Uh, let me see. And also, I work with this guy. This uh, Jerry Williams, his name actually is, uh, they call him Swamp Dog. Yes. Uh, he produced a record for me in the early 70s. All oh, right. Which record was that? Uh, Everybody Gonna Get That Thing Away. Yeah. But So you've worked with some real legends then, because I mean, Swamp Dog is yeah. amazing. Okay, we'll play I Can't Do Without You. Fantastic. The great Doris Duke. Yeah, she was hot as a firecracker one time back then. <laughs> when we broke up, I laughed while you were crying. You said you couldn't stand my cheating and my lie. After the first night, it's when I realized the truth. Oh, darling, I can't do it. I can't do without you I've cried so much I've run out of tears I sit by the telephone Hoping you will call I look at your picture Beat my head up against the wall Still feel the fire My very first kiss When I think about you, darling I nearly drink myself sick Oh, I can't do without you
Next up, then. Um, okay, Lee Dorsey, say home up for him as a kid, North Carolina. Yeah. Um, let's see his coal mine up here. Yeah. I mean, that's the one that everybody knows, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, coal mine. Working in a coal mine. Working in a coal mine, going down, down, down. Working in a coal mine, whoop, about to step down. Working in a coal mine, going down, down, down. Working in a coal mine, whoop, about to slip down. Five o'clock in the morning, I'm already up and gone. Lord, I'm so tired. How long can this go on? Daddy, working in a coal mine, going down, down, down. Working in a coal mine, whoop, about to slip down. Working in a coal mine, going down, down, down. Working in a coal mine, whoop, about to slip down. Cause I make a little money, all the coal by the tongue. But when Saturday rolls around, I'm too tired for having fun. Too tired for having, I'm just working in a coal mine, going down, down, down. Working in a coal mine, whoop, about to slip down. Working in a coal mine, going down, down, down. Working in a coal mine, whoop, about to slip down. Lord, I'm so tired. How long can this go on? Dad, working in a coal mine, going down, down. band in North Carolina um, so we had to, had to open up for him and I think the band played behind him Yeah, if I remember correct this has been like so many years ago I think the band played behind him because back then singers used to just travel by themselves in many cases with a guitar player Yeah, and they're coming to a town to pick up a band <clears throat> a local band and the local band have learned the tracks and then they move on to another city. 
But it, he didn't have a band, though. No. No. Is that, is, is, as I, as I uh, recall, he didn't have a band. I don't, it was a long time ago. Yeah. But you played with him. Blimey, that was, uh, well, that, yeah, I opened up the door. It was in the mid-60s. Yeah. Yeah, he died. In, the, in, in Greenville, North Carolina. Yeah. You remember where it was then? Yeah, because <laughs> I was singing with this college band. Yeah. I was like 15, 14. Yeah. And I was singing with this this college band um, out of uh, Greenville. Yeah. And um, we and they, they played behind him, and I opened up the show singing. So it was nice. Fantastic. So it was a bit like one of those... Review shows then, so they'd have sort of like the same band with different singers. No, what, yeah, what they do, what they did was, singers had a hit record. Like I worked with Billy Stewart. Yeah, what they did was they had up their travel with their manager, and sometime a guitar player, and uh, that's all they had. Most yeah. of them, Solomon Burke, same thing. Is that right? Solomon Burke played guitar though. Yeah, and uh, I worked with him. Yeah, he was amazing. And I also saw you work with O.V. Wright as well. O.V. Wright, old muff for O.V. Wright. Wow. Yeah, it was a cool dude, man. Yeah. With the shades on and yeah. singing eight uh, men and four women. <laughs> uh, there was a song then, then he had these other songs he was singing. But, um, it was, you know, I'm like a kid, man. Yeah. Um, with, with a whole lot of folks, man. You know, like yeah. the Tams. Yeah. They, they would see when they come through. When the bands and stuff, when the singers used to come through back then, other than James Brown, he had his own band. Yeah, Otis Redding had his own band, but a lot of singers didn't have a band. And so they just used they, yeah. had, had a guitar player, and they'll find a good local band to back yeah. them up and send the records before they come in. Tell them what to play, and then we go down and and, the, and um, do a rehearsal with them. Yeah, uh, the day before. Uh, the day of the show, rehearsal about two hours. Yeah. And that'll be it. And then they'll move on to another town and do the same thing next day. Fantastic. That must have kept everybody on their toes, having to know everything and learn everything. Well, they had, the band would have like weeks. Back then, um, you didn't have like discos. Yeah. Uh, which people came out to hear live music because it was the only thing that, that the, the systems that they had and the, and the clubs then with the jukebox yeah. and anything other than the jukebox yeah. sound inferior because people had like small, they didn't have a lot of big equipment back then to, yeah. to uh, but and then it changed in the late 70s. Yeah, exactly. The big speakers all coming in and, yeah. and so when they were putting the bands and stuff out of work. Yeah. But in the 60s, they didn't have that. Yeah. I suppose, yeah, that's another thing in the 80s, wasn't it? When, you know, Big discotheques, big clubs came in, and maybe the live music side sort of went down a bit. But I think it's coming back again. I think there's always going to be, you know, people want to, you know, go and see live bands because there's something just amazing about seeing a great singer or a great band playing. Well, with us now, with Lee Fields and Expressions, I mean, everywhere we go, it's always uh, most 99% of the time is like either sold out or packed. Yeah. <laughs> But what it is, because um, I did, like, dance music, too, you know, with Martin Survey. Oh, yeah, I saw that, yeah. And, big um, hit. I did, like, uh, five years with Martin, man. It was out there doing nothing but dance clubs. Yeah. I mean, uh, for, for, like, the super rich. Yes. <laughs> Ibiza, we played Ibiza. We played Rome. We played Paris. 
fantastic. Uh, played Thailand. We so played. that was without a band, was it? Without, with, with just music. So he would play on decks and he, you would do the singing. He would, he would have the tracks. Yeah. And i come out and i sing about 25 minutes. Yeah. And uh, the people really dug it. Yeah. They really dug it. it was, we didn't, you know, it, it really was, went over well. And was that the sort of the start of your, not resurgence, but the kind of the way back for you? No, I was already uh, very busy. See, I got busy. I got busy in the early 90s. I yeah. cut a record called Meet Me Tonight. Yeah. And it was on Ace Records. I recorded for Ace, did you? Great. Um, Ace Rec yeah. Records and um, out of Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi. Oh, this is Ace in America, not Ace in yeah, this country. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I did, I did uh, Meet Me Tonight. And ever since then... Um, I haven't had a slow period since. Fantastic. I've been like working, 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 working ever since '91. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good, I think. Oh yeah, it is. I mean, like when I was on the blues, the uh, Southern Soul circuit uh, with Ace Records in America, I uh, played. Um, you know, it was opening up for people like Tyrone Davis, uh, Marvin Cease, um, who else? Uh, the late John and Taylor. Yeah, because. It was in that bluesy Delta area, yes, yeah. in t Tennessee and Chicago, yeah, and um, St. Louis and all them places. So I stayed on that. I got busy in about ninety ninety one, excuse me, because in the eighties things got slow. Yeah, things were slow for me. Yeah, for about ten about ten years. Yeah, but it didn't. Only thing it did it made me. I think it added to. Yeah. Uh, my ability to <clears throat> to um um to to um be, to survive. Yes, maybe you'd have burnt yourself out if you had um you know carried on in the eighties as well. Maybe you'd be not quite so active now. Well, it could it could have been, but in the eighties, um, what I did, I read extensively. Hmm. Uh, because, as I said, I got into real estate. Yeah. And so I had a lot of time on my hand. Yeah. And I was there to raise my, my boys. Yeah. And my uh, my daughter. And and uh, and I read extensively. Yeah. I become I became a avaricious reader. Avaricious. Yeah, yeah avaricious. You just read everything. Right. Yeah. I read everything I could get my hand on. Yeah. From the Bible. Yeah. And uh, because, you know... Like a lot of guys back then probably would have turned to drugs or yeah. had pity for themselves. I didn't have no pity for myself. The way I figured I got a, I got kids here, I got a family. I got them in this world. It's my job to take care of them. Yeah. And so what I did, I read. Yeah. And I, I read and then it, how to get real estate. Yeah. I bought about... Five houses is a total. Yeah, and I rented them out. It was fun, really, and I learned how to, to um, some breaking house. I learned how to fix it. Yeah, I learned how to um, to do a lot of things dealing with with houses. Yeah, and I would I got to admit I was pretty good at it too because <laughs> uh, I always I got my money. Yeah, I got my money. So <laughs> yes. and and the houses apartments that I was renting. Yeah. Stayed occupied, so um, I had good credit. So I had like um, I decided to to um, 
I wanted to open up a fish market. <laughs> well, not actually a fish market, yeah. but a but a eatery, yeah. a fish where you can come in and get some. Cause that's how I got down the street. He had a place that like he was making a ton of money. Yeah. So I told the wife, I said, you know what? What I should do? I we should open up a eatery. Yeah. Uh, um, you know where people just come in where you get your sandwiches and you go. Yeah. You know we didn't need that much room to do that, and yeah. then it, it will be. Not nobody hanging around the place. They just get the sandwiches and they'll go. Maybe it's a small area where a few people can sit down. Yeah. Where was this then? I was gonna do that in Newark. I found oh, yeah. I found a place. It had uh, three apartments, and then it had a storefront. Yeah. And I've already talked to the the people, um, the uh, people, the, the realtor, about getting the place, and I already had a deal in motion. Yeah. So I told the wife one day, I said, I want you to come on over. I, I, I talked to this guy. I got a deal on this. We can get this. Because I had like AAA credit. Yeah. Because I was taking my money. Yeah. And I was saving my money from the rentals. And so I was living free and making off the house I lived in. I was probably making 3000 a month. And then the other house, so I was doing about ten. 10, 10, to 10 to 12 grand a month. Blimey. But so were you still singing then? No, because the 80s was, just... it was like, every now and then I do a gig, I go yeah. out and do a gig. Yeah. But as I said, when it got to that point where singing had decreased yeah. for me, I had two choices, either to to um, feel sorry for myself and, and and it's all about surviving, you know? You got to... Yeah. But then I found out after I got into the real estate thing, man, it was kind of fun, man. You know, I'm making money. It kept me busy. Yeah. So what? What was it? What was the trigger that got you out of real estate back in, back into singing? Then was there something that kind of well, just suddenly changed? Well, well, this is it. When I got ready to buy this place, and we're gonna open up an eatery. Yeah. And uh, my wife said, "You know what you should do? You should go back to singing." Yeah. I said, um, baby, I ain't making no money singing. Um, this is what we, she, she, she said, I don't like this idea. She said, we had some money saved up for a purpose. Yeah. Uh, we had money set aside to either buy another place or to, um, and that's what I wanted to do because I didn't want to, to be, to get into something risky yeah. like music because, you know, you get there and you don't, come up with a, the product, and then you just stuck. So she insisted <laughs> that I go back to singing. Yeah, she just didn't fancy the eatery then. <laughs> yeah, she didn't like that. So what no. I did was I went out to the music store, to uh, Sam Ash Music Store, and I bought about $20,000 worth of uh, equipment. Yeah. I bought, like, the super speakers. I had an idea. So she want me back into this? I said, first of all, I could take this money and go to a great studio and cut some records, but if the record doesn't sell, I lost all my money. Mm. Now, if I cut this, if I go and buy this equipment, these big speakers, I could always sell the speakers. And if I buy, uh, they had the 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 uh, DAT machine, just the the uh, digital anal- digital. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, tape just came out. Yeah. There was a, I bought like two dad machines. I bought a 
a Yamaha C1 computer and with Voyager programs. I knew what I, since I did so much reading, I knew all of this was possible. I can cut it. I bought, once I got the Yamaha C1 with the, um, then I bought a Tascam uh, 8-track recorder, which I knew I could, could, um, I could put a sync code and hook it up with the, the, um, uh, the computer, with the uh, Tascam uh, tape. Yeah. So I would have uh, actually, uh, instead of a digital sound coming from my voice, I would have the warm sound coming from a tape yeah. on the analog yeah. tape. So I got all of this, and then I got a board. I got a, I forget what that board was, but um, it had about as uh, 16 tracks. And then I bought um, the DAT machines, the computer, and then these gigantic speakers. So I set it up in my basement. Yeah. So now what I got now, I got a recording studio. Yeah. So I had my. I figured like the band gonna. I knew in theory that I could make this work. Yeah. So I, the band that I had formed to do a few gigs here and a few gigs there. I sh- brought them over and showed them the equipment. I thought they were going to help me out and and uh, show me how to use this stuff. Man, when they saw the equipment, they didn't want to come back. They, they didn't want to come back to rehearsal or nothing. <laughs> so now I got $20,000 yeah. stuck, stuck in all of this. Why didn't they like the equipment then? What was It wasn't the equipment. They was, I assumed that they was jealous. Yes. Okay, so what I did then was one gentleman that came by that knew how to do that. Yeah. He, he was a keyboardist and showed me how to hook it up. Yeah. And it showed me how to uh, get the sounds rolling. I had all these sound modules. I bought a ton of, I had about at least six sound modules. Yeah. Once he showed me how to get everything working, oh, then I, I played a little. Yeah. But with using the program, I can I could slow it down and play it until I wanted, until I got it like I wanted to. I had my horns. Yeah. I had, so for about... Six months, all day long, just about all the night. I was on there, like, banging on the keyboards, coming up with songs. And and uh, then I learned how to move. It's the same thing with, like, um, Pro Tools and stuff. Now I was doing the same stuff that Pro Tools do. Yeah. And But it was on a rather primitive Voyager program. So I learned how to move the tracks now, and, okay, I got a hang of this. Because then I started recording different tracks. First, I recorded a, a, two tracks. I recorded a song called um, uh, Meet Me Tonight, and I recorded another song called A Man Gotta Do. So I recorded these tracks, and then I had them pressed up to records. And I took it over to a Newark, and I took it by a club and asked the man, could he uh, put it on the jukebox? Yeah. And uh, he said, yeah, because I would go in this club in the 80s. It was one of the few clubs I was doing. I was going in the 80s with the band. You know, a few people in there, maybe 150 people. But it was a, to, stay, you know, to stay in the loop. Yeah. So once I cut this record and the guy put it on his jukebox, man, the people started playing that record, man, like they was like, if you go there in the morning, you're going to hear it. If you go there in the evening, you're yeah. going to hear it. <laughs> you go there, man. So the record took off. So now 
I'm pressing up. Back then, there was like was a lot of 45s that were buying. So I'm selling 45s to uh, the local distributors. Yeah. I got the jukebox, man, to put it on all of the jukeboxes <laughs> yes. around New York, yeah. everywhere you went. Yeah. I went from drawing 125, 150 people to drawing every night, man, I play it would be at least four, five hundred, and sometimes a lot more. Fantastic. So, and they were paying. Yeah. They were paying, and um, so now I got a guy. I'm taking my equipment. I got a guy to play some records all night long. Yeah. And then I'll come on and I'll sing. I made me some tracks. Yeah. Where I put them on the dab machine. Tracks made about a 40-minute show. Yeah. Where the song goes. And I got my routine all the, all the way down. Nobody but me. Yeah. And a guy to play records. Yeah. And uh, my equipment. Yeah. We go there and set the equipment up. By the time the doors open, the place is jam-packed. So, man, I'm getting, like, paid, man. You know, I'm getting, like, <laughs> these guys giving me a grand, $1,500 yeah. a night. And there's no band to play. No you band. Pay, and they yeah. had nobody yeah. to pay with me. <laughs> yeah. And um, so what I did was now I'm doing gig after gig. I'm making, like, two or $3,000 a week yeah. doing this. And uh, this is this is in the big, early 90s. Yeah. So I said, I'm back in the music. Like, yes. Yeah. So I'm singing all around Newark, and all of a sudden, yeah. it spread over to New York. Yeah. Then somebody took the record down to Mississippi. I'm getting calls all over the place. Fantastic. And then I sent the record to a distributor down there, but he said he needed an album. So I go and work on the album, and I put together um, an album, which was uh, on tape, on little small tapes. And then Johnny Vincent heard it because it, the record was all hot down there. They called me down to Mississippi to do a show this promoter. Now, here I am. Opening up for, I think it was Tyrone Davis or John Taylor or somebody. They got a big bed on stage. And I'm walking out there. The only thing I got is a DAT machine. <laughs> yeah. But I, it was hooked up in the big systems. Yeah. And the promoter said, listen, where your band? I said, I ain't got no band, man. He said, you, you just can't come here. You can't come down there with this. These people ain't going for this. Yeah. He said, I'll tell you what. I sent you half of your money. And the only way you're going to get the if them people don't like you, I ain't going to pay you nothing. Yeah. Man, I went out on stage, the audience in the beginning was looking at me like I come up, like I stepped off another planet. <laughs> yes. But when I started singing Meet Me Tonight, man, the women are almost fainting. <laughs> I started singing that, man. And then I'm, now I got about a five-year run yeah. from from the early 90s. I was on, I signed with Ace Breaker in 92. Yeah. So I got about a five-year run now playing all of the, they, they call it chilling circuit. Yeah. Because I'm um, working with, open up for people like, as I said, Tyrone Davis, the late Johnny Taylor, Bobby Blueblad, who else? Um, um, whoever else, better yeah. right. Yeah. And so I'm singing down there, man, and everywhere I'm going, man, I'm selling T-shirts, I'm selling, <laughs> I'm selling records. Yeah. I'm selling, man, everything I can get my hand on. So yeah. I'm making some real good money here. Yeah. And, and then when the Ace Records contract ran out, I knew it was time for me to get up out of there because it was a lot of jealousy um, in the Mississippi area because of musicians. There was, you know, I was down in Mississippi for five years, man. Yeah. Man, I, nobody wanted to conversate. Uh, they be talking. I walk in the studio, man. They stop talking and stuff. And um, I was wondering what was going on, you know. 
they consider me, I would assume, an outsider. Yeah. Coming in and uh, Johnny putting all this attention on me. Yeah. But I was selling like a ton of records, man. <laughs> so when the contract expired, I knew it would be my best interest to, to just go on my yeah. own for a minute. Yeah. And so I went back on my own. Next thing you know, this is like 90, 97 now. Yeah. Then Gabe of, um, it wasn't Daptone at the time. It was, it was. Um, Truth and Soul? No, it wasn't Truth and Soul. It was um, Desco Records. Gabe and Philip Lehman. Yeah. They wanted to uh, start a label and they loved my voice. Yeah. And um, so uh, we worked out a deal and I cut a record called Steam Train. Yeah. And the next thing you know, with Steam Train, they called me for a few gigs to go abroad. So we came over here and we went to to some places. I, I worked with um uh with the um what with the band name at the time, Soul Providers. Oh yes. I worked with them for about two and a half years. So we just getting things started and things started to happen there. And um and then um we were playing Aspen, Colorado in, in 2000. And I saw this band. Because it was so many of, of um, it was so many of the soul providers, man, you know. Listen, man, I'm, I'm used to making some money, you know. <laughs> you, know you, you take a man that's used to making about three grand a week. Yeah. And you break him down to, you know, but I knew you had to do that. But that, yeah. that was very difficult for me yeah. to do. Yeah. I've, I've become accustomed to certain things. Yeah. <laughs> and I acquired certain tastes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so in a way, I saw the Sugarman Three. It was about uh, four of those guys. Yeah, it was uh, it was Adam Scone and um, Street, and it was um, Neil. Neil. Yeah, and and uh, we we didn't have Dave Godin and myself. I said, okay, this is more like it. <laughs> although the, although it still ain't what I'm used yes. to getting, yeah. But I can kind of roll with this, so we hit the road, and uh, then Sharon came along. Sharon took my place in the uh, soul providers, and they changed the names to to the Dab Kings. Yeah, yeah. So the ball is rolling down. What happened was, I went on tour. The last tour, I went proud to Sharon getting her uh, records out there. We we toured Newark, a whole um uh we toured the whole um Europe. Yeah. And um it was me and Sharon singing. And because um, we were playing around New York and we toured uh over in Europe at a few places. That's what got the ball kinda rolling yeah. for that. And then I I joined the Sugarman three in two thousand. Yeah. So now we got a smaller unit so we can go into smaller places. Yeah. Smaller places. And uh, so we take a long tour. We did a thirty-one nighters, thirty-one nights. Blimey. And so I got a small group. Yeah. So we and the people of sometime it only be forty people, and here and there. But we had a small group, so we survived that. Yeah. And the next thing I know, next thing I know, um, I get a call. That's about two thousand and three. Now I get a call from Martin. So he said he heard my voice on some record. So he wants to do, he wants to do um, a record. Yeah. So Martin Survey did, I did a record with Martin Survey in about 2003. 
Then they wanted me back for another record. So from 2000, and then I did, um, I did Everybody and Jealousy. And that took off for one. So now I'm touring these big nightclubs <laughs> all across Europe, all across, um, um, I mean, all over Europe, all in, um, I'm over here, I'm like flying back every week. Yeah. And and uh, that went on for about about five years. Yeah. And that's when I'm hooked up with with um, Leon, because Leon used to be a part of the the Dap Kings and also part of the Soul Providers because yeah. he was like 17 when I first met him. Blimey. Then we teamed up with the Expressions and we've been rolling ever since. <laughs> so since the early 90s, it's been like like busy, busy, yeah. busy, yeah. which I'm not complaining. No, exactly. It's always good to be busy. Yeah. And is your wife missing you being out on the oh, road well, all the time? I, amazingly, I take her a lot. Oh, do you? Yeah, I take her a lot. Um, yeah. I took her to, um, I took her to somewhere everywhere, Thailand. Yeah. Took her to all over here. Yeah. Uh, took her um, all over the United States. Um, we're getting ready to go to Japan. Like, believe it or not, like, um, when I roll, we go out there. We don't go out there and stay 30 days anymore. Yeah. We go out there and we'll do, like, maybe a week and a half. Yeah. And we come back, and then we'll do gigs around the States. Yeah. So she goes to a lot of places. Yeah. A whole lot of places. So it was a good decision then not to cl- not to open the eatery and to start the music again. Yeah, it was ex- excellent yeah. idea. Yeah, so excellent idea. That's women for you, right? A bit more music then. So the meters then is the next one you've chosen. Now, the meters. Um, we opened up for the meters at uh, the Boston Road Ballroom in New York when I was singing with Sammy Gordon in the late eighties. Yeah, they came up and they did a gig. They were like. Just four, four of them that were, like, small. Yeah. And um, that's the reason I chose this album. Yeah. Is there a track on there that you're going to play? Probably Sister Strut. Yeah. This was up here. I think that's on a different album. That's on a different album. Yeah. Look at Pee Pee, though. That's a great track. Though. Okay. Is, we'll we'll yeah. see. Okay. we do that one.
chosen is which kind of brings us up to date really is <clears throat> a Sharon Jones album me and Sharon are supposed to be working together we're doing a James Brown tri- tribute oh yeah um, at, at a New Jersey pack yeah uh, performing arts center we're going to do that uh, next month oh yeah in November or December yeah in November okay so we're going to do that and um, she be on the road all the time and I be on the road all the time yeah but um, the wife really made that decision for me to come back into music. Yes. Because, man, you know, like I tell my kids and any, anybody else, man, if life deal you, uh, if life is a bunch of lemons, you make lemonade. Yeah. You know <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you play your hand. Yeah. And don't, I tell any up-and-coming artist, don't get so involved in it where it's not business anymore. It's music with a small M yeah. and business with a gigantic B. Because yeah. if you're doing something that you ain't making any cash, yeah. you're not in business. What yeah. you're doing now, you doing what you like to do. Yeah. You're not doing it. You're not in business, man. That's what you like to do. You out there doing this because you like to do it. Yeah. If you're not making any money doing it, no. that's, that's, that's not business, man. No. It's getting the right balance, isn't it? Yeah. Doing something you want to do, but now, loving it as now, well. Now, I love... Performing, yeah, I enjoy performing, and uh, but I realize um, if I went out there and just perform and just perform free, it's going to cost me, and it's and it's going to be it's going to bring all kinds of of um, unwanted uh, situations in my life. My wife going to be. <laughs> totally, totally. You going out there every night? Yeah. You what you going out there for? You ain't making no money. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I just looked at the bank and you just got so and so and so out the night. You, you, this can't go on. Yeah. And she, she wouldn't put up with it, and I wouldn't put yeah. up with it if no. she was doing it. No. If you, so any young artist that's in the music business, sometimes you have to do certain things for a promotion. Yeah. And you got to do that. But uh, always analyze whether or not now are you in business, yeah, or are you doing it for what this what you want to do, yeah? Because if you ain't making no money, you ain't in no business. No, exactly. No, you're right. It's the same with selling records. Yeah, you know? it's all very well, but you need to make some money. You need to make it, some. Yeah. You, you, I enjoy performing, love performing, but I I can't afford I can't afford to go out there without making money. Yeah, I mean, it would be against. I mean, it, it would be unlogical. Yeah. <laughs> it would it would be you know so yeah. that's the reason why. Yeah. So what's what have you got coming up in the future then in the next you've got a new album coming I think. Yeah, I got a new album. It's called Special Night. Yeah. We uh, are getting very good feedback thus far from the album. Yeah. Uh, it'll be released uh, November fourth. Oh right, okay. That's what you're over here for then. Presumably. Yeah, I'm over yeah. here promoting, okay, yeah. and also we did um, a eight night. Eight one nighters in 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 Spain. Oh yeah, and um, now I'm over here now uh, yeah. promoting the record, and um, we start touring uh, next month. Yeah, and then I think we'll be over here again doing shows in January. 
Fantastic. And are you going to come and play in this shop? Oh, yeah. We, oh, had, we had Sean and Star here playing. I think your guitarist, is it Joe, your guitarist? Yeah, uh, well, yeah. Uh, he was saying that he played here before. So it'd yeah. be amazing if you could come back and play. Oh, uh, I would love to. Yeah. I would love to. I would love to. And um, um, that's, what, that's what's on the table now. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so thank, much. It's great to meet you and thank you for choosing your records. Okay. And, uh, yeah, lovely. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. One hundred days, one hundred nights, and no one may.
Rough Trades Radio. Bon Iver, 22 a million. Buy now in store or online at roughtrade.com. Staying at the Ace Hotel, call loud. I would just be floating to you now. You make it pass to let it pass on. Oh.